What is up, everyone? This is Homie and, and the Dude, the Father and Son TTRPG and MMA podcast. And we are here today to reflect on our journey through 2022. What's up, dude? 22, up? dude. It's been a wild ride. First of all, we want to start off this Metacast by doing something really, really important. And I think it's the thing that we're most important for. You know, this holiday season is often considered as, you know, the season of you know, giving and, and being thankful for things, you know, especially I thought it was getting shit <laughs> for you. It is. Um, <laughs> but you know, what we actually want to say to you guys is, you know, every person that's taken the time to, you know, listen to any part of our videos, click on any of our content, uh, read any of our newsletter, those people who have joined our discord server and who have, you know, grown our community and, and continue to expand the familia as we call it. We are so thankful to every single one of you. Like we can't do this without you guys. And not only we can't do it without you guys, but we do this for you guys. You know, we do, we create all this content because we love doing it, but we're creating it to put it out there for you guys as well. Um, So just a massive thank you to any person who has spent any time, you know, with us in in consuming our content, um, listening to us. We just really appreciate you guys. Um, you're awesome, and uh, and it's why we do this. So thank you for just being part of La Familia, and we hope to see many of you uh, for season three next year uh, of Homie and the Dude. Um, you know, and get into that as well. So we're super, super excited about that as well. But today, uh, after that, thank you. We're going to spend a little bit of time, Tom and I, going through uh, the ups and downs of our year, reflecting on our year, and talking about uh, our best moments of the various different things that we do here at Homie and the Dude. Yep. Go for it. I was going to say, let's start. Should we start with our staff? Yeah. That'd be great. So we, we started um, taking on staff. It was actually in August of last year. So that was in 2021. But we started putting together. Um, so it was Bodie and I for much of the first year and a half, really, of, or maybe a year, a year and a bit mm. of Homie and the Dude. And then. Um, our first staff member we brought in was Becky to really kind of do a little bit of everything. It was like social media. It was jumping behind the camera every now and again. It was learning Premiere. And we went through that Premiere course as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did. I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Becky was sort of a, you know, an all-rounder and and then slotted into being primarily our video editor. Then we brought Ben in late last year so almost about a year ago just over a year ago last year and his title primarily was social media mm. manager and well, he's also then, jack of trades the back like becky is our like hop in across many opportunities and do lots of different stuff but primarily becky is now our editor ben is like the backbone at this point he's doing graphic design he's doing you know uh editing of uh writing stuff he's you know editing videos he's doing social media he's doing marketing for the kickstarter creates all our thumbnails yeah so he's 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 in all he's got fingers in every basket at this point yeah and then we brought on josh i think right at the beginning of last year uh and josh uh, has a master's in art, and he came in as one of our artists and was primarily looking at, um, back in the day, Josh was doing some of the scene stuff for mm. the Sky, we'll talk about the Sky Realm here in a minute, but um, some character stuff, did our caricatures for our team artwork that you can see on our website, so seeing all the, the cool caricatures, that's that's a little fun thing that I, I very yeah. much enjoy, and now he's he's very much tied into supporting the Kickstarter, which we will also talk about here in a minute. Um, and then Josh actually 
made us aware of Victor, who he went to university with, and we brought Victor in, and he was more specifically, um, I guess, skilled in. He he did maps. He did our battle, dice battle maps. He did our dice. Yeah. Our um, our what are you TTFC dice? Yeah, our TTFC dice, but what, they're not called STLs. So uh, I guess they yeah, are, they're, they're STLs. Yeah, yeah, the STLs. Yeah, the 3D modeling of our dice so yeah. we create masters. Josh did uh, did a round of our dice as well. Yeah, and. And then Victor really kind of embraced this area of the 3D modeling and has really lived in that area for about over six months now. And so Josh and Victor are working very complementary together. They are not just friends outside of work, but very complementary in their skill sets inside of uh, Homie and the Dude. And it's been a pleasure to have all of them be remiss in not mentioning Tracy. I was going to say, of course, and, and we've got a couple others that I'll, I'll chime in with, but T is, uh, you know, mother to me, wife to you, um, resident dice maker. So we do currently make dice, something we'll get into in a little bit as well. Um, uh, she's a resident dice maker. She supports the team massively by, you know, when she does come in, she'll often make lunch for all of us and means that we can all keep working through our lunch and, you know, be able to eat and do that. Um, She's just like the team mom. She looks after everybody. Whenever anyone's down, T's there and is just like supporting us through and through. She's driving us up to Cage Warriors. She's doing camera work if she needs to talk behind the camera. Like anything that she, you know, that she can do, she's happy to jump on and do, which is awesome. So that's the immediate team. That's a team that's based in the UK, but there are others that, that we certainly rely on, that we've grown to trust and to admire their skill sets as well. Do you want to, you, you deal a lot with our remote team. Yeah. So our remote team, um, first person we have to mention who we brought on, uh, two years ago or like maybe end of year one of homie and the dude, like end of 2020, beginning of 2021 is Alex, our commission artist from, um, from Serbia. Is it uh, Serbia or Siberia? Serbia. It's Serbia. <laughs> um, and, uh, he, he's an incredible person who I get along with like, massively he's one of the greatest fantasy concept artists in the world um he makes such stylized and beautiful art it's got super pulpy kind of feel to it he's fucking amazing um and we've been working with him for such a long time we love him greatly and not to mention he's in an awesome band so if you're interested in watching um uh, burning leaves uh listen to burning leaves definitely go check out that it, he's awesome and he is on all social media at art of caustic if you want to check out his work he's fucking amazing mm. um then we've got to obviously shout out tony um and my writing partner and collaborator in the airship combat kickstarter and the world that i've built um tony uh, we met tony originally through me trying to learn how to create stat blocks when i first started being excuse me, a dungeon master. And Tony was someone in the community who we knew created um, stat blocks specifically. Um, so I reached out, we connected really quickly. Like after our first call, we were like, oh shit, there's some chemistry here. Did we just become friends? Literally. <laughs> and from then on, he has been our, you know, co-writer. Um, and, you know, some of the best ideas that exist in the Sky Realm, you know, have come from his mind. He's our resident goofball wizard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mad, mad scientist, evil wizard when it comes to TTRPG <laughs> creation. He makes the most amazing stat blocks and also just a, a font of creative thought and knowledge constantly. Mm. Um, and then we also have, um, uh, well, I was going to call him Leroy, hilarious. Um, <laughs> we have Chris, who is our layout um, guy, he's working on the Kickstarter for us. He's currently doing our layout. Um, absolute legend. Happy just to do on. whatever. Yeah, just came on like literally a week ago. 
um, and has begun laying out pages for our Kickstarter and things like that. And he is an absolute He is legend. a huge asset right yeah. now for the Kickstarter. Exactly. We're so thankful that he came on mm-hmm. board and we really, really appreciate him. The final people I want to give a massive shout out to because I think it's really important to is our official partners um, in life, in TTRPG, in creation, uh, Underground Oracle Publishing, um, who are amazing third-party D&D content creators like us. Um, they make an amazing content that is just so different and it's all set within a world that they're building out and growing which will eventually be released they make awesome like lineages races subclasses like some of the best out there and we're so thankful for jess and keith for allowing us to use their content in our stream and just being partners with us we love those guys jess and keith are fucking awesome really really great people yeah keith's an awesome dungeon master jess is one of the best players in in the D&D world. Um, She's very rarely on stream, but if you do catch a stream with Jess, she's fucking amazing. She's so, so good. Um, So yeah, those those are the last of our team that I just wanted to shout out and and, and give some love to. Um, Obviously, I I mean, we could also mention the cast um, for our podcast and things like that, but I think we'll circle back to that when we 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 talk about about the podcast. Um, Should we talk about podcasting should we talk about actually wait i want to just talk about something about the team quickly the best part about our team is that everyone gets on like a house on fire especially the ones like our immediate team becky ben tom i josh victor tracy you know we're like a little family at this point you know you you will often find ben josh and victor at one in the morning playing chivalry or deep rock you know on on steam together and hanging out and, and, and goofing around um, you know, we'll, you'll definitely find me, Becky, and, and her older sister, and, and a few other people at the pub drinking very often as well. So, you know, our team is very glued together. We do team days. You know, we try and do one every month to get everyone together. And it's just, you know, we're trying to create this energy amongst the team that it's like a family and that we support each other in the work environment. Um, and it seems to be translating well. Like everyone yeah. seems to be really happy. And, you know, any time that we're, you know, managing stuff and doing with things, everyone works with us well. And, you know, it's, you can, it's very accepting. You cannot our manic minds. overestimate how nice it is to not have drama. To just have, you yeah. know, there's, there's just, I mean, you know, everyone has their ups and downs and everyone has, you know, situations of needing support and this and that for personal things or even stuff going on at work. But it's never like it's never something that's dragging the energy down of the team. It's always mm. something that you know we we can all support each other, and it's just a nice feeling. It's a great feeling. It's what it's what you want in a team, and so we're really really thankful that we you know it's kind of just landed in this situation because we we certainly could have sifted through more than we did, and yeah. uh, and so we're pretty grateful with um, what we've got. What we've got. 100% super appreciative of those guys. Love you guys. <laughs> um, um, cool, let's dive into podcasting. So this year has been season two of Homie and the Dude. We've had a lot of amazing podcasts this year, and we've spoken to some absolutely cracking people. Um, do you want to talk about your highlights first? You go for yours, because you have a couple more than I do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and let's, 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 well, let's, we can, we can break this up because yeah, I can talk it. about a couple and then you can talk about a couple. And also I know one of mine is definitely your, both of mine are on your list as well okay. from what I can see. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll first start by saying podcasting was kind of like our first homie and the dude love. That yeah. was what started the whole thing off. If you look back, that was the very first sort of public that, that we put out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
um, with our first podcast. And so the retrospective look on podcasting, when I look at that, I look at moments that felt the most real, the most authentic, whether it's funny, sad, deep, um, interesting conversation. Yeah, 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 that's what I look at. You know, a lot of podcasting is, you know, is superficial stuff talking about what people are doing, this other stuff. But we like to get to to the space where we're all just talking to each other about things that are important to us. And I think for me, one of those was when we were invited into Arnold Allen's house uh, to have a, a father and son podcast with him and his dad. And it was Tracy, Bodie, and I, and Arnold and his dad. We have met Arnold and have had several podcasts with him before that. Arnold Allen is the, I think, fourth-ranked featherweight in the UFC right now and is heading towards a clash with the, the featherweight belt one way or another. Arnold's going to be in the conversation in 2023. Count on it. And so um, he's just an awesome guy. He has no he has no appearances. He has no like attitude. And him and his dad were great, very, very welcoming and we consider them friends yeah uh, which exactly. is when when you can go from guest to friend it's a whole different vibe so um shout out to arnold and pacer for creating an environment where you know they were they were probably you know we're giving, in their front room yeah you know, we're in their house in their front room and you know they're they're allowing us to set up equipment and talk to them and it's on my list as well as my highlights i think you know, Arnold Allen is, as far as someone when you, when I, I love martial arts and when I look up to people who have worked hard their whole lives and achieved things, like Arnold's on that list. And to get to like, we've met him a couple times now, but um, to like get to spend a, a good proportion of time with him, you know, a couple hours at his house and, you know, really talk to him and spend time with him. He's so lovely and so driven and so passionate. And just like it, the, the podcast was great as well because Pacer is like, so like animated and like uh, into it and very like you know he's he's larger than life larger than literally life, and figuratively yeah. <laughs> a massive dude um and he he just and the combination of the two of them they have a great bond like tom and i and just tying into that was really really nice and kind of getting that you know um getting to see that was really really cool and getting to explore the the father-son relationship that you know tom and i have uh, versus the one that they have. Um, and that, that was really interesting and just seeing the similarities and the differences of, you know, how, how we do it and how we go about it. And I think, you know, that's something that I really, really appreciate about that one as well. So big, big highlight, Arnold Allen and Pacer. Yep. Yep. Shout out to those guys. You go. What's, you, what do you got? Cool. I got role play chat. Um, now we've talked to a lot of people this year and I have to say, you know, like we've talked to incredible creators and I don't want any of them to not think that they're high up on my list. You know, people like Ali, Dungeon Glitch, um, Garkush, Amber, Sam, you know, um, Sly Flourish, Sile, Kyle, um, you know, all, all these people um, who have, you know, really created awesome stuff and come on our podcast and been amazing. But one that really stood out for me was Matt, uh, Matt Roleplay Chat. Um, he is such an awesome guy and just was, when, when he came on the podcast, was so genuine and we talked about stuff that we were all really interested in we talked about some controversial D topics which i feel like doesn't get done very often um and i just really liked that one i felt like with matt like the level of conversation really interested me and i wanted to like keep getting more like i really wanted more and more and more and i was like oh i really want to hear more about what he has to say and learn and so that one was a big one for me simply because i think 
out of every podcast that we have, I was just really drawn to him. And I, I wonder if it was because he's a podcaster as well. And it was a, we were able to, you know, go back and forth. We're in that trade. So it allowed back and forth. I'm not sure what it was exactly, but that one just really stood out to me. And I, you know, shout out to Matt. He was a great guest. We were also on his show. Maybe it was the fact that we did get to have two conversations with him mm. as opposed to one really solidified it for me. But, you know, going on his show and then him coming on our show just felt really, really, you know, awesome. I really, really enjoyed mm. that that conversation. And and like I said, talking about dice fudging and things like that, it just felt like territory we haven't stepped into yet, which was really nice. Yeah, 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 I agree. There was um there was a level of us being able to explore more deeply. It was it wasn't although it was conversational, it felt it really felt like a conversation at the pub or in the restaurant where you're just kind of really just kind of exploring things. I think for me next, so I'm remembering back to our first year and these like landmark moments for us. And it felt like our first year it was William Spencer was and will always be like one of the greatest moments for us. Yeah, that was that was like a moment where we were like, we have no business interviewing William Spencer and he spent time with us and that was awesome. And then later on in year one, we had um, Aaron Jaws, Homoki, who, you know, is, is at that level. We had Bruce Buffer. We had Bruce Buffer. And Arnold so, Allen the first year. We had time. Arnold the first year. So there was there's these elements of us feeling like holy shit like we're we're actually like in our own little way are making Growing. our little yeah. mark in the yeah. podcasting world and i felt like we had a couple of those this year as well I agree with that. so i would put um mike shea who is known as sly flourish in the ttrpg community um we had an, him on for the second time and he he doesn't you know, kind of easily go on people's podcasts. And he, he really complimented us and said, you know, I really, I point people to your first conversation with me as a real source of, of information. And, um, and that was really like a moment of what, like, wow, okay, that's awesome. We, yeah. we, we had a, a really, and then on top of that, he came on again and we had another really good conversation with, with Mike. So um, that was one. And then yeah. the second one, you want to mention the second one? The second one is huge for us. Um, we got to speak both, they came on our show and we also got to go on their show. And I think going on their show was maybe the bigger moment for us. But having the opportunity to talk to Greg and Shelley from, um, from Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast, was a big moment for us because, you know, we've been in this industry, we've been carving out the space and to be on a show that, you know, we, we are now in amongst, you know, a list of people that have been on that show. People like Chris Perkins, Jeremy Crawford, Patrick Rothfuss, um, Joe Manginello, um, Matt Mercer, Matt Mercer Brennan Lee Mulligan, Abria Iyengar, um, you know, Brian Murphy, you know, all these incredible creators within our community that we all freaking love, like we all love them, have been on that show. And we can now say that we also have been guests on Dragon Talking. We had an awesome conversation with Greg and Shelley on their show that was a little bit more about us and, you know, our relationship and what we're working mm. on. Um, but we also got a chance to speak to them about um, their book that they're releasing at the moment together um, and just podcasting and D&D in general. And I think both conversations are ones that I would strongly recommend listening to. Like our one with them very much talks about D&D as like the, the entity as well as also um, podcasting. And then our one on their show is more... Uh, talking about homie and the dude and how we do things and and the process that we've been through in, on this journey and things like that, um, as well as also um, D and D. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was fucking great. Like, they're great people. They're so lovely. Like, yeah. had such a great time talking to them. I think, you know, we very rarely talk about, you know, our behind-the-scenes stuff. And yeah. it, uh, it takes a, a certain environment. And they created that environment on their podcast where we felt safe enough and comfortable enough to open up about some stuff about just how, you know, our journey and our journey has been maybe on the outside it looks like, you know, in one way, but on the inside we can certainly vouch to tell you that it's been a, a roller coaster of ups and downs and highs and lows and, you know, all kinds. So um, a lot of that came out during that podcast. So we're happy to. I was going to say as well, and just as a little plug here, if you do want to see a little bit more about like our team and like us behind the camera and when we're not like, not just our content, um, a great place to get that is our newsletter of holding. We actually put a behind the scenes section in that pretty mm. much every, uh, every newsletter. So there's a link to that in the description. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, you find out loads more behind the scenes stuff as well as a bunch of other stuff, which we'll talk about later. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to, to drop that in there because I think, you know, if, if you're interested in that, that's pretty much the one and only place we really mm. release a lot of behind the scenes stuff outside of maybe our Discord server where if you're in the Discord, we'll talk about what we're doing on a day-to-day basis mm. pretty regularly. Yeah. I think before, before we pivot away from podcasts, for me, it's like podcasting has been a journey in itself, yeah. irrespective of the guests. We have, we're starting to figure out podcasting. There is a craft um, to podcasting. Hearing feedback of people saying that we're taking that craft well as well has been a big, like, winner for me as well. Having a lot of people say, you know, like Mike Shea saying that to us, Matt from Dungeon Glitch, you know, a few people have said, you know, that they're very comfortable and happy being on our show, and that means a lot, Yeah, you know, to the process that we've gone through. So may podcasting continue. We are a little bit more um, selective with our time. Mm. To it's not quite as regular as it has been in the past, but we will have some aspect of podcasting going forward for sure. Because yeah. it's uh, it's in the deep DNA of I mean the dude, isn't it? We just can't get away from it. Every year we're like, ah, we're gonna kill podcasting, this year. <laughs> and then we're like, yo, did you see this person? We should maybe talk to them. That would be kind of interesting. <laughs> and we do it every year. We do it every year, um, and I'm sure we'll continue doing it. For Speak, years to come. Speaking about <laughs> nice transition. Speaking about stuff that we're like, should we be continuing to do that? Or should we like look at continuing to focus our attention? And our whole MMA space again was an early adopter within Homie and the Dude. We love, we do love MMA. We loved it before Homie and the Dude. We will love it um, as long as as, as we live. You know, as we live. Um, but it is currently part of Homie and the Dude. It is you know one of our two, if you call us having a two pronged attack for better or for worse. Um, one of them is MMA, and yeah. we had a good year MMA wise as well. Some wild shits happened. We started doing something that we never thought we'd do, which was doing post-fight interviews for um, Cage Warriors um, in the UK. And that's been a fucking wild ride. That one's been kind of crazy. Um, but as well, one of the very first things that we ever did at Homie and the Dude alongside our podcast was our UFC live streams where we do a watch-along party for UFC pay-per-view events. And so many of you amazing people that, you know, just keep coming back to those, you know, the regulars, you know, uh, I won't go through all the names because there, there is a bunch of you amazing people now, but um, I could rattle a few off the top of my head, but I don't want to miss people and people who feel left out. But there's so many of you that keep coming back for those that, and, and we have literally said so many times, should we stop doing the, like, it's so late, like, why are we doing this? Like, it's crazy. And every time we do it, we come away just being like, ah, we love doing these because not only would we be watching these events anyway, but it's so sick hanging out with you guys. Like we love just talking the shit with you guys. And 
it's almost elevated the UFC experience. Like, I think if we went back to just watching the events, just you and me, there'd be a little aspect missing I from think that. So too. And I notice now, if I watch fight nights, which aren't pay-per-views, which we don't live stream, like, and Nikki's there sat next to me, I'll find myself commentating. I'll find myself oh, dude, doing... I do the same thing. Do you, do you know what I mean? I you're turn, like, oh, I, shit, that's a left... Oh. I, turn, I turn the volume down a lot. Yeah. And I, and I do, just almost like by habit, I commentate as it, well. It yeah. comes out, you're just like, oh, that low leg kick. Oh, that was fucking savage. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, just, it just happens. And so, yeah, it's been... Continues to be part of our DNA and, and something... Um, uh, something that we really, really, really uh, appreciate going on. Um couple let's talk about highlights and highlights let's do highlights for cage warriors first and then let's talk about the ufc let's let's do cage warriors first have, what highlights <laughs> have what are your highlights for us doing these interviews and you know over the process now we've done what like six events How, what, what were your highlights of we've interviewed over 200 fighters at this yes. point yeah um you know what my initial highlight was do you remember I'm I'm trying to remember where we were but it was like either at Colchester or it was here but we were just like what the like how did this happen like what what, <laughs> what? just how did we yeah, end up like in how did spot? we end up like we're we're interviewing fighters at the end. like we're doing close fight interviews um so I think that initial just like how did we get here moment was a really fun moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. With that. I think like I I could certainly pick out some fights, but what I would say is that as a general feeling, the feeling of gratefulness that we get from the fighters, yeah, is something that makes us also. It's hard for us to kick post fight interviews on Cage Warriors just because we know how the fighters look forward to it how we are now starting to look forward to seeing fighters over and over again and supporting their careers in the way that we do, sort of on that social media side of things where they can get practice interviewing as well. Um, yeah, those, you know, broadly, those are the things that I think about when I, when I think about Cage Warriors. It has been, it's been a, you know, the, the tri- you know, on the other side of the, the coin, the trips up there have been brutal. You yeah. know, we have a three-hour trip up, three to three-and-a-half-hour trip up. We do the Cage Warriors event for about seven hours, and then oftentimes we're driving three, three and a half hours back, and that's all in a day. And that has been just a, a brutal, brutal grind. But we don't. We we, we have said many times, "Are we going to kick this? Are we are we done with this?" And each time we come back, and we're like, no, "No, we're we're still going. We're still going." What about you? I think. <laughs> Thank you, Connor Hayes, for uh, for for giving us some stars. Shout out to you, Connor Hayes. I love you. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for doing that on the stream. Absolute legend. <laughs> um, what I would say about Cage Warriors is I'll f- definitely speaking follow- of Connor Hayes. Yeah, speaking of Connor Hayes, we're, we're fucking we, badass. We're gonna, we're looking at you, dude. Like well, we have our short list, and you're on that short list of when we say who's who, going to be in the who, UFC, who's, who's going to do it, who's going to keep going, and you were on that list, bro. So yeah. keep um, keep grinding. We'll see you at the next one for sure. Hundred um, percent. So for me, I, I want to also mention what you said, which is you know at this point we do this for the fighters, like. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, it's it's nice, you know, getting a bit of getting a bit of money for it and things like that. But I have to admit, like, we do this because we love the fighters at these events. Like, we have fallen in love with the people that we interview. And we've had fighters, many fighters, thank us for doing it. You know, these are not UFC fighters, these are, you know, amateur fighters, up and coming fighters who are, 
you know, needing some publicity, needing some eyes on them. And we're giving them a platform to do that. And so many of them are so appreciative. And that means like the freaking world to us. We can't thank people enough for what you give to us by just coming to those interviews and being so appreciative. Like it means a fucking lot. And so actually a couple things that I want to shout out, some moments that are like standout moments for me that are crazy. So moment number one is, um, Tom and I arguing with one of the medical staff at the very first event we did because we accidentally took a fighter into an interview before they went into medical um, and not knowing that situation and getting that sorted. So we completely fucked that. And then flip side, that guy is now one of our favorite people to see at these events. I'm always talking to him about, uh, you know, D&D stuff and also like MMA. So shout out to him. Absolute legend. Absolute legend. Um, And... Um, let me think some other ones that really, really have stood out to me. Um, getting to know Arnold Allen's mom has been great. Um, She's been great. Um, I was just thinking of that as well. Arnold Allen's mom and family work at these events. So we've got to know Pacer, his dad and his mom, uh, really, really well. Um, in Jasmine is bringing in water and pizza to us. Yeah. And just looking after us. She's just great. She's, she's, you know, an amazing person as well. Um, okay. So now some fight moments and some interview moments that really, really stand out to me. Um, fight moment number one that blew my socks off was Chanel Dyer, um, in the second round of a fight, um, is like busting this girl up and, um, and she busts this girl's (laughs) nose with a jab, uh, ends up throwing a teep to the face and like clips this girl. This girl eats it like full on, uh, creates some like space between them. Chanel, after kicking up into her like bloody nose area on her face, just wipes the blood like on the canvas and gave like a little like, come on then, like move forward. And that was like, Gangster. that was so legendary. That was awesome. Um, also, Vadimus um, has had some incredible performances in the cage. It's been a pleasure to watch every single one of his fights mm. that we've seen, and he's always a pleasure to interview. Um, but some big finish in his first fight that we saw and big submission in the second fight that we saw as well. Um, he's an absolute animal. Um, shout out as well. I've got a shout out Sean Frazier, who's one of my favorite fighters there. Always puts on a great show in his last fight. Just was standing and banging with the dude, just swinging punches. And that was crazy. Um, and I think he's going to go really far. Shout out to my boy, and this is controversial because Sean Frazier and this person have fought each other a couple times and there's like a rivalry here. But shout out to my boy, Matthew Oki. I freaking love you, Matthew Oki. Me and me and him have interviewed each other. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. Um, I just fucking love seeing you at, the, you at these events and it's always an absolute pleasure to, to see your face and watch you fight. You're such a technical fighter, such a great striker and good technical mind. I, I just always love watching Matt Oki do his thing. Um... Connor Hayes is great to interview. Connor Hayes is one of my favorite interviews well, ever. You're so nice and kind and one of the best. And you're also the camera woman who's also my wife and Bodie's mom. Absolute Pro- favorite. Probably you're her favorite. Yeah. So, yeah, she said that, she just said it, I think, yesterday or something. She was talking about the, um, the post-fight interviews and she said uh, that you came up to her and said, can I give you a hug? And <laughs> she was like, it was the cutest thing ever. So, yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah, we appreciate that so, so much. And I think... I've got a, I got a shout out as well. Uh, I got two actually. Fi- final couple. I, I cannot remember the girl's name at the moment. It's it's slipping my mind. Oh, Th- yeah. There was a girl that we spoke to who was going through a really rough time. She was dealing with a lot, and I'm not going to mention it because she she talks about it in the interview a little bit, but she talked a little bit further about it with me after the interview, and she was going through a really hard time dealing with some big shit in terms of her life outside of the cage. She still battled through a camp. She still went in the ring. Still fought, and it was 
like so inspirational to talk to her. She's a mom, single mother, like blew my mind. That like, again, we do this for the fighters because all of you are incredible. Like Mason Kinsella, you know, like, and also the coaching staff at this point who are getting to know the coaching staffs <laughs> of all these fighters. You know, we love so many of the coaches out there at this point as well that we're, you know, starting to get to know. And it's true. I think, you know, for, for me, it's, it's just all about that. And are you going to talk about the one that happened, this most recent one with me? What what are, what are you what are you referring to? You're gonna talk about fucking uh, my slip up during during the interview? <laughs> is that not one of your? Is that not your? No, I, I actually wasn't gonna mention that. But if you want to go there, we've got to bring it up. We've got to bring it up. So in, in one of the interviews, I said the fighter's name wrong. We've actually corrected it to make sure that in the interview, uh, his name <laughs> is said correctly. But to him, I said his name incorrectly. And if you've ever seen the post-fight interview that Joe Rogan does with Umar Namagamedov, you can search that up. Joe Rogan interviewing Umar Namagamedov. Um, you know, was, I do a very similar fuck up to that. I just completely fluffed his name and <laughs> I have to apologize to Mandalgus. You're an absolute legend. I apologize for mispronouncing your name. Uh, we fixed it in the interview so that no one else is hearing it wrong. Um, but yeah, apologies, dude. That was, that was a fuck up on my, I, I usually, I have the best, I do really good interviews as well. And I completely slipped up on that one. Dude, dude your interviews have gone up. Like your interviews at this point are, I acknowledge fully that your interviews are better than mine. So if you're a fighter, and you're like, it's the luck of the draw, and you get me or Bodhi, you're, you're, you're much more lucky if you get Bodhi, because he's, he's in his fucking flow right I now. I appreciate that. Um, Unless yeah. I'm saying names that, I can't, <laughs> that, that in my head just aren't going, but, but it happens. It happens. So two, two, two quick shout-outs. Go on, One yeah. is, just a quick shout-out to Tarek. Tarek, um, I've interviewed you, I think, three times now, and uh, I feel like we've got a little bond as well, so um, just a shout-out to you. Well done on your last fight, your first pro mm-hmm. fight. Looked may awesome. It, way to survive the adversity, bro. Way to survive and may it continue. Look forward to seeing you at the next one. And also, just to, a shout-out to the promoters. So to, I was a... God, you just read my mind. I was yeah. about to say my last thing I want to say. Shout-out to Richard Shaky Shore um, in Cage Warriors Wales. Um, absolute legend. One of the best coaches in the UK full stop. If you can get out to, uh, to Shore MMA, you're going to learn some grappling. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be real handy in the cage. Yeah. And then shout out to Jack Stone Mason, um, the absolute legend. Uh, you know, we've been working with him for ages. He is an absolute beast, and we're so thankful to be able to work with him. He's so like understanding of our situation and wants to work with us and appreciates what we bring. Uh, shout out to Jack Stone Mason, and then finally uh, Joe. Uh, I actually don't. Joe know. Daniels. Thank you. I don't know Joe's last name. Um, Joe Daniels and Colin from uh, and Colin as well. Yeah, what's his last name? Colin, what's Colin's last name? Beck? We'll, we'll get that. Beck or Ben? What's, what's Colin's last name? The guy from uh, Wales who sets up the events. Colin Mould. Colin Mould. That's Colin it. Mold. That's yeah, it. Thanks. Beautiful. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Becky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those guys, you know, without you guys, we wouldn't be doing these interviews. So thank you for allowing us to, you know, elevate your promotion a little bit and, um, you know, bring, bring a new aspect of, you know, what these fighters will experience when they do get into the higher ranks and preparing them for, you know, that media, you know, stuff that they have to do in higher, uh, higher um, promotions and things like that as well. So thank you guys for just allowing us to be part of it. We Two, appreciate very it. quick, we didn't, we didn't talk much about uh, Wales fighters, but uh, Levi Bachelor. Oh, you've, Levi Bachelor, you fucking... You've come on our live streams as well. Life. Yeah. Team Batch for <laughs> life, dude. I feel like we know you as uh, in, in our post-fight interviews, but you have, uh, you've also transgressed into our Discord. You are um, sometimes on our live streams on yeah. the UFC as well. So big shout out to you, Levi, for just supporting us 
we love you. You're a fucking hardworking grinder, and I love your style. And um, and apparently, you know, there's there's just incredible high hopes, and we have seen a, a glimpse of it as well. But a uh, shout out to Yo and Thomas, who yeah, um, Richard has, you know, and Richard's been around the block more than once, and he has, um, you know, he's he's anointed you as uh, the future best, and you are the future. That's your nickname, the future best uh, Wales MMA fighter. Um, on the scene, so it'll be awesome to see your journey as you continue along. So, we've talked about Cage Warriors. Mm. Let's talk about UFC. Let's because we do this UFC watch through stream, you know, watch along stream. And for us, we are huge fans of the sport. Whether we were doing that stream or not, we'd be watching these events together as well, ninety mm. percent of the time. So, it made sense for us to do the live stream. Let's talk about highs and lows. Let's talk about moments that have shaken our cages and moments that have blown us away this year. I want to start off by saying Michael Chandler, in my opinion, gets fighter of the year for me. Michael Chandler wins fighter of the year for me. Now, don't get me wrong. We love, like, he's in no way my favorite fighter. Like, I just want to stay that outright. Like, and he's, when he's one and two on the year, maybe one and three on the year. Yeah. So, he, you know, he... Whatever you want to say about Michael Chandler, up to you. But I will say this. There is no person who is, like, a mixture of, like, respectful when he needs to be, um, a shit talker when he needs to be, but also someone who guarantees when he steps in the ring, it's going to be fireworks. It doesn't matter whether it's Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier. uh, Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. um, Fucking, what's his name? Uh, Dan Dan Hooker. Hooker. Like, it doesn't matter who... Chandler has fallen. It's going down. It is an absolute <laughs> war, and I cannot say enough how much I love and yeah. respect you, Michael Chandler, for being the person that you are, the battle that you're fighting, and also who you are outside of the arena as well and outside of the ring. You know, you're an awesome dad. Yeah. Um, you know, I just appreciate you as a person massively. Keep doing what you're doing, dude, because fuck, you're entertaining to watch fight, yeah. dude. I would, I'd pay for any pay-per-view that you're on. Yeah. Any pay-per-view that you're on. I hope you win the uh, the McGregor lottery. Someone's going to win it. I, I, I hope you win it. Yeah, I've, I'm right there. I'm right there. Fully agree with that. Anything else you want to say about Chandler? Uh, no, I, I look forward to the next one, or whoever he <laughs> fights yeah. next. But yeah. Go for it. Um, next on my list is, so there's certain fights where, here's how I would describe it. Where you get a sense that one fighter's aura, one fighter's confidence, one fighter's self-belief is greater than another's. And that also informs you on how you think the fight is going to go. And oftentimes it's very, very aligned. There's other times when both fighters feel like they are literally indestructible, undefeatable um, at the top of their game. And and so I felt like that was a moment leading up to the Oliveira versus Mahachev fight. It was one of those where like two, two these two buses are going to collide and it's going to be interesting to see which one of them survives. We saw what happened and it was pretty decisive and super impressive, all the more impressive. But the fact that that kind of tension leading up to that fight is what I love about, like, the thing that I think I love most about certain matchups that like the, the UFC, UFC and, yeah. and MMA. Yeah, I'm I'm totally there with you. And I would say, um, for me, for me as well, we are huge team Khabib fans. We have been for a very long time, and um, you know, to see Islam win the belt, you know, complete what Abdul Manap set out to achieve with those boys. 
Um, it's just awesome. It was really great to see. It was a big moment. You know, obviously very sad for Charles because, you know, he's had an incredible story as well. And it would, would have been amazing to see him beat Islam and then maybe walk away and, you know, come out under, like, you know, come out in his last run, just an incredible last run. Crazy run. But, you know, I'm super happy Islam won the belt. Uh, it was a great fight. You know, Islam's grappling was unfucking believable. Um, Charles just looked a little bit outmatched. Um, but you know what I would Which, say? Just I, think about what you just said. Islam's grappling was unbelievable. Charles was outmatched. Which this is, is crazy. This is like a... The, gr- the greatest submission specialist in UFC history. history. Most submissions was, ever. And Most finishes ever. Outmatched. outmatched. That's, that shows where we are with Makhachev. But you know, I'm looking forward to the Makhachev versus Volk fight in 2023. Me but, too. But let's not, get, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm right there for that as well. Um, super, super hyped on all of that. Um, shout out to fucking Team Khabib. If any of you want to be on the show, we would love to talk to any of you. <laughs> I don't fucking care. DC, fucking <laughs> any, any of AKA will we'll happily chat to any of you guys. <laughs> um, next up for me, another two more highlights before we go into some kind of low moments, but we're also just like big moments for the D&D community that shook us as well. For the um, MMA. Yeah, for the MMA community. Big, big, big one. Uh, that was awesome this year was to see Amanda Nunez Southpaw Amanda Nunez come back out and reclaim her belt against Juliana Pena. Now I want to say this before I get into this because it's going to sound like I'm a big nut hugger on Amanda Nunez, and I am. Uh, I 100% am, and I think that stems from a you know I, I really liked Juliana Pena. You know she came from the Ultimate Fighter, badass on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, you know and she comes into UFC, she's a great fighter as well. What bothered me was one comment that Juliana Pena made in a press conference just talking about Amanda Nunez not being a, a real mother because she's gay and didn't give birth to her child. Her, her partner gave birth to the child. And that really irked me. I have, a, I have a big issue with that. And so, you know, my dislike of Juliana Pena not only started there, but then grew over the Ultimate Fighter mm. series that she did with Amanda. Like, I just really started to dislike Juliana even though, like, and, and it, she's a very lovely person. She seems to treat people well. She seems to be a really good coach when she was on The Ultimate Fighter. Like, like no, no, like, you know, she seems to be a really good mom with her daughter. You know, her daughter's always there, like, flexing, mm. looking, you know, hilarious as well and, and being super cute with her mom. Mm. So no disrespect to Juliana, but to see Nunez do what she did was fucking spectacular. She came out Southpaw. And she dropped Juliana maybe, what, three or somewhere between three and five times in that fight. Mm. Um, And just the the change that she made was so fucking, like, drastic and so amazing that Juliana just had nothing to give her. Like, the, the only time she had something to give her was the moment Amanda switched back to Orthodox. And she switched back to Orthodox, I believe, like once or twice in the fight and got clipped, and got clipped <laughs> instantly and was back to Southpaw because she could feel that straight away. So Here, you know what the equivalent of it was is? amazing. So when you look at Amanda Nunez before that fight, you do not think switch stance fighter is not something that comes to mind with Amanda Nunez. No. What you think is bazooka right hand, be careful, yeah. right? Yeah. So for her to fight an entire fucking fight, Southpaw is the equivalent of shooting your free throws with your opposite hand. Pulling, playing, pulling playing, your bow with the opposite yeah, hand. Yeah, playing fucking, tennis with your opposite hand. Yeah. Like, it is, it is that drastic of a change 
in your technique that you've been doing for 20 years one way and for a fight camp the other way and the way she executed that was super impressive so yeah hats off to amanda the leoness yeah and still to say in my opinion the greatest female sports athlete on this planet mm. she is done she has achieved more in ufc and the fact that she is you know um she's a person of color she's poc she is lgbtq plus uh she is a woman you know all these things you know she has done so much mm. for young women if there is ever someone to look up to for young women it's amanda nunez like she is a spectacular human being yeah uh, blows my mind love her to pieces shout out amanda nunez if you ever want to talk to us i would cry <laughs> um, i think another one um i'm not sure if you have this on your list is volk just asserting himself as a different breed this year over holloway and holloway three Ho- holloway three it was uh it was the korean zombie fight holloway three and the ortega fight from last yeah. year I think really for me, just like locked Vulcan as the most dominant featherweight that I think we will see. Obviously, you know, we've still got Aldo's record and everything like that that still stands. But Vulcan at the moment, the what he did to Max Holloway was different. Like mm. it was different. He was on a level that no one else has been yeah. able to do to Max Holloway. Not even Yair. You yeah. know, not like all these people have not been able to do to Max. And Volk walked through him. Yeah. in the third fight super super impressive um yeah i am intrigued by volk versus makachev I, I think you know my 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 head says makachev you know when i think about volk and how he was not just how he escaped those positions against ortega but more concerning is how he was put into those positions mm-hmm. you know top mounted guillotine at least a couple triangles you know there was multiple times where volk looked like in any other situation against uh, Ortega, he was he was going to sleep, and he withstood those. And I just can't imagine that if Makachev imposes that kind of superiority on the ground, that Volk's going to get out of that. I just yeah. don't think he will. Yeah, I I I on the counter to that, Volk's Volk's takedown defense and his striking feints are so hard to read and so hard to deal with that closing distance is going to be a problem for Makhachev. Mm. You know, his ability to defend takedowns, he's also shorter than Makhachev as well, mm. which means, and he also has, like, weight and strength power. You mm. saw that rugby player power from him. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, it's one of the most yeah, exciting fights of next one. year for me. If that fight doesn't get made... No, like, it's done. It's booked. Oh, it's, is it? It's in, uh, it's in Australia in Perth. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, let's talk about two, two moments that, that shook our fucking souls this year. You go, you go for it. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> go on. I mean, both of them are... Uh, amazing moments. Like, amazing moments for the sport. Like, spectacular to see, but depressing for us because we love these fighters. Yeah. Um, I'll take Izzy because I'll give you the one that was most hurt, hurtful to you. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, I just felt like that Izzy last couple rounds, it was like the inevitable. It was like he was getting walked down by a bigger... like. Not just bigger physically, which, you know, Pereira was bigger uh, in, in the cage, but bigger, like, energy and power-wise. And it was it was tough to see because Izzy is basically, you know, matadoring, dodging fucking bullets and trying to withstand what looked like. It's like, you know, a tidal wave that's coming. And you're Especially just like, in that last round. Yeah, in that last round. And it was just like, 
you you really felt it. You're like, fuck. You're like, if if he doesn't just get on his bike and run, he's gonna get. He's cleaned. either got to grapple or he's got to run, and that's what happened. He he, he didn't run or to... grapple. Yeah. He stayed up against the cage, and uh, and Peta found his entrance and clipped him. And you know, Izzy doesn't like the stoppage, but like his uh, like his coaches and his manager, I think that was a good stoppage. Oh, I, I think Izzy was about to be Kamara Usman asleep. Yeah. And that's a good segue. <laughs> go before, before you go, go there, on. I just want to shout out um, Izzy's. I don't know if it's. I think it's good the way Izzy accepted that loss. I really think I it's good. That. I agree. With that. Uh, he was very out in the public. That, so first, first off, that to me is good. You're not hiding mm-hmm. away. You're not, you know, yeah. letting. Of course, you're going to be embarrassed and you're going to have those no, feelings of failure and all that stuff. But to be out in the public, I think is healthy. The qualifier is. Um, to just make sure that you embrace exactly what happened fully. Because if you don't embrace it on some level and you deny it, then you're susceptible to not finding ways to, to mm. prevent it from happening again. Yeah. So last bit of UFC talk. Kamar Usman losing to Leon Edwards. I mean, Cinderella story for Leon Edwards. What a fucking amazing come to glory for him. You know, his path has been difficult. You know, the UFC have done everything they can to make sure he doesn't get that belt. Um, And here we are with him with the belt. And I have to take my hat off to him. Um, He weathered a storm. He was getting his ass whooped throughout that fight. Usman was fucking dominating the absolute shit out of him. And to pull that kick out of nowhere was amazing. Um, I think the only people that predicted that were... Um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson <laughs> and us, I believe, were the in only that, two in that last round. And we predicted it in the last round. Wonderboy Thompson called it a day before, so I'll give him, I'll give him the victory on that. But it's one of those things where, you know, you could see Usman dipping, you could see, and it, it was just, it was perfectly done. And what's interesting is if you watch Usman's other fights, you see him do that same thing against Colby Covington, and Colby lands, but Usman happens to have his hand up for that one. This just so happened that Usman's hand was down. He was parrying the jab, and his hand was down. Um, it was a sad. It was a hard moment for me because I'm a big Kamar Usman fan. He was about to be the greatest ever. Like that win would have solidified. You know, he gets that. He equals Anderson Silva most mm. consecutive wins. Like he now has to start from scratch to you know get anywhere near that kind of level of you know glory. But here's what I would say. I still think he is still a problem. I still think, you know, if him and Leon Edwards fight again, Leon has only got, his only thing is knocking Usman out. He's not going to outgrapple him and he is not going to outstrike him, you know, if they're just, you know, throwing standard, you know, hands. But if it gets to a point, you know, his only chance is clipping him with something and putting him down. Otherwise, Usman's going to be there till the end. So I think for me, um, yeah, that was a big one for me. I, I, I really struggled with Usman losing that. I was bummed, but man, it was picture perfect. As far as a, as far as a, as far as a feint with a head kick thrown, there's nothing more beautiful than that. It was the perfect combination. Mm. It was thrown immaculately. It landed immaculately, and shook the world. Changed, yeah. changed everything. Changed everything. Yeah, I think for so one of the things that in retrospect in that fight that I think about is how Edwards's corner was talking to him yeah. in between rounds. And that was one of those Hollywood, like legitimate Hollywood, like Rocky moments that they were just like, 
so impassioned and you know his old school coach that had taken him all the way through since he was a teenager basically is imploring him to say look this is your fucking moment you're blowing it kid like you you've got this pull you know step into the fire and take what's yours that was so inspirational to watch so that was that was really cool um with Usman I am concerned I'm concerned about Usman uh that you don't come back easily from that that, that kind of Knockout. So if you think about the greats, think about Izzy's knockout versus that one. Yeah. Izzy's is a little bit, you know, when you're not starched on the canvas, it's a little bit easier mentally to recover from that moment. Yeah, and, and you know, you think about some of the greats: Anderson Silva, um, Daniel Cormier. I mean, Daniel has taken his losses. Uh, Silva's taken his losses. Others that you can slide in there have taken their losses. But when you get when you get flatlined, uh, it is a whole different situation to come back from. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens to Kamar Usman coming back in 2023. We will be watching. Yeah. But guaranteed you, because I remember that moment. I remember how broken your heart was at that moment. You, you, if anyone wants to go back and just have a look at the end of whatever that is, UFC, I think 278 or something like that, and see Bo- Bodie had temporarily given up on the UFC. I literally take my mic off and I'm like, I'm done. I'm, out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm done. I'm done with the UFC. I don't need to watch this anymore. Um, Last thing I want to say before we move on to um, talking about our TTRPG stuff, our, our tabletop role-playing stuff, um, is thank you everyone who has come and joined that. All the regulars on that stream, again, we do this to hang out with you guys. We do this to spend time with you guys. And we do it to hopefully bring you guys the best commentary around because there is some bullshit commentary that goes on with the UFC. And it's horseshit that people aren't calling out, you know, for example, fucking Paddy Pimblett's last win. Do you know what I mean? And we can do that here, and we hope to continue bringing you that honest review of, 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 of the situation, things like that. Um, further, furthermore, um, we will you know, be, continue doing that in the new year, and we look forward to seeing all you guys then. Um, my last highlight that I have of that is just shout out to our chat for this moment. Um, all of us just roasting Tony Ferguson in the chat, that one UFC stream, being like, Tony Ferguson's the type of guy to try and f- switch off a light and jump into bed before it turns off. <laughs> you know, that kind of fucking shit. That was good. Um, that, that was, was a really nice chat moment. And the chat blew up. Yeah, that was real fun. So and It wasn't any disrespect to Ferguson. No, Ferguson, Ferguson a, you're a legend. Ferguson's a legend, but just the chat's creativity and cleverness in that moment was super, super fun. And uh, and, and also just your kookiness, Tony Ferguson, kind of... Uh, you you leave opportunities for this I, I can't be dishonest with you. You know, you're you know, you're leaving some opportunities for that by just your just your Instagram handles, buddy. Like you gotta you gotta work on those captions. Too many emoji comments. Um cool. TTRPG stuff. TTRPG stuff. So I guess let's go with um what we've spent, you know, uh, invested a tremendous amount of time with, which is the Skyrealm. And that's kind of where it started and where it continues and where things are branching off from, but it is at the root of our love for TTRPG, there is a direct connection to the Skyrim, the world that you created. Uh, it's going on a couple years now. And we were able to put together a live stream that has brought in a particular cast that is, um, it was half US and half UK. Um, we, one of our cast members in the UK has gone off traveling. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, it's been, it's been a, a journey to get it to a place where we can live stream it and we're right in the middle of it. We're going to be dropping episode 25 in, uh, in about a week and the journey continues and it's an incredible story. I'm super proud of it. I'm super proud of it as a, as a whole piece of art, but I'm also super proud of the different moments that, you know, that you think about over the, 
days and weeks and months and even years uh, as you look back on it. So it's been, it's yeah. been super cool. So what Tom's talking about is the actual play stream that we do. If you haven't checked that out, check out the Sky Realm. It's on our YouTube. You can see all 24 episodes that are that are currently up. Uh, they do get pr- progressively better, which is something we'll talk about in a minute to do with Becky's editing because that's gotten amazing. Um, yeah. Just starting it off was like such a big thing. It was such a big moment for us. We worked so hard to get, you know, the map and the world and like the character art done and building our cast of players. And, you know, once we had our cast locked in, we were like, oh, fuck, we're doing this. And at that point, you know, we just rushed towards the uh, the finish line and we got to April um, this year and we launched our first episode um, and it was scary and it has been scary and it's been fun and wild and there's been great moments in the plot there's been great moments you know outside of the game that are still to do with it and you know it's gotten us really close to our cast and things like that but um, one thing that it, you know and this is a nice segue is it's really developed Becky as an editor um, you know we, t- we took a premiere course together me and Becky to make sure you know we were getting really good editing done and, you know, from the first episode, you watch it, you know, there's, you know, the sound is a bit all over the place. The music is, you know, chosen, but not there for every moment and stuff. Or if you compare that, you know, to episode 24 that just came out, you know, there's background music for every scene. There's sound effects happening. There's picture in picture and stuff going on screen. Like, uh, there's character rotations coming on screen so you can see, you know, the casts are and thing like things like that. And so... Becky has just upped her game more and more and more. So we have to give a massive shout to Becky because without Becky, the Skyrim wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be the amazing piece of art that it is. The plot is awesome. The cast are amazing. And what we do D&D-wise is sick. But Becky turns that into something that is digestible, watchable, consumable, and fucking interesting for people. Mm. And so, you know, without becky doing what she does especially with the soundtracking like her soundtracking is on a level that is amazing her Mm. sound effects are incredible so i would say guys you know if if you're listening to it listen for that stuff you know listen for moments you know and you'll find music in the background that surprises you music that Mm. makes scenes feel incredible and things like that and we just hope to continue building on that and refining that um, process as we go into into 2023 by altering it ever so slightly. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really, really big one that I wanted to bring up because I think it's super important. Should we just run through the cast and, and give some individual thoughts on, on... Yeah, let's do that. Go for it. So when we think about the cast... Um, let's Maybe I'll, I'll start with the UK cast. So UK cast is myself. Uh, my wife Tracy, who plays Blanco Montagna. You play Gio. I play Sergio. Sergio Shelby, and we had Ryan, who played um, Romulus. Romulus, and Ryan was with us for about what fifteen or so episodes, and then um, had a an opportunity to go traveling, and seized on that opportunity. And is currently traveling through the continent of Africa right now. Yeah, so Ryan Ryan was there for the beginning part. His character was, you know, a big part of the plot originally and things like that. And um, we had to write him out um, because he, you know, he was going to Africa. The team, the cast were pretty bummed. Everyone was getting along with Ryan and his mm. character was adding an interesting dynamic to the team. Um, but... You know, he brought a lot and his, his, his character still exists in the world. You know, he's actually, you know... As far as the, as far as you guys know at this point in the plot has moved away from being part of our team of allies and is possibly on the the enemy's side. Mm. He's possibly on the enemy's side, which is kind of crazy. Um, 
but yeah, that Brian was really great as Rom. I want to give him like a little bit of love for that because, um, you know, he really battled with finding his rhythm with that. And I think towards like the last five or six episodes, he really hit that rhythm and was playing Rom really, really well. And I, I just really loved the character as well. I thought, you know, um, I just, I just liked the character. It had, uh, there's a lot of room with Rom to, to grow and, and expand as a character, which yeah, I really I, liked. When I think back over the last 24 episodes, I think there's a scene where it's actually his closing scene where, uh, it's one of the, mo- it's one of the most real scenes in the entire, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, in, I, in, I think in the, the episodes that we've had so far where he, he announces himself as, as kind of the heel and, um, reveals himself as, as a villain, not a, a a hero, and the way he does it is just beautiful. It's really a beautiful scene, and uh, to the point where you he had know, you guys, he had you guys on your knees at one point. Yeah, yeah, he did. So yeah, shout out to to Ryan, and uh, who knows, he may he may just have a reappearance at some point. We never know. One hundred percent. Following up next is Sam Comerford. Um, he is at R role playing on twitter so at our role playing on twitter um sam comerford is this incredible entity within our DD community who um started the shitty ideas trend that you will see on twitter for sure um where people you know come up with weird and wonderful ideas for DD uh creatures races classes items you know all that kind of stuff uh, he actually started that that um he also had an amazing podcast that ran for a period of time called role playing and role playing um, that was awesome. But in the last, you know, couple of years, uh, in the last year or so, you know, he's moved over to his new spontaneum show that he's doing where he, he improvises all of that. And it's really awesome. But I think more than anything, we connected with Sam when we first met him doing our podcast with him. And he's just a lovely person who is super down to earth. He's, he's pretty young. He's like, he's, he's a little bit younger than me. Um, and He's just super lovely, very creative, very intelligent, very switched on. Mm. And all of those things just drew us to him to a point where we were like, cool, we really would love you to be part of our cast. And since then, his character, R&R, has been one of the staples mm. of our show. Like, R&R is one of the core facets. The group look to him as a leader at this mm. point. And R&R is this beautiful half-orc that is a little bit socially inept, you know, doesn't quite understand social interactions and things like that. But he uses his supreme intelligence um, to be a detective in a big, dangerous city. And I just fucking love his character. There's so many layers to R&R that, you know, when you say like, oh, he's, he's a bit socially inept and, and, uh, and he's a, tech, a smart detective, you kind of think like Sherlock Holmes. And often I feel like Sherlock Holmes can be, at times, his characters are portrayed a little bit vapid. Where R&R is just so full, there's demons, there's positives, there's love, mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's so much with R&R that is there. And I think, you know, Sam is fleshed out one of my favorite characters in anything ever. Like, R&R is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, such a source of comedy, such a source of seriousness, such a source of, like, all those things that you want um, in a show. So, massive shout out to him. Yeah, I love Sam. I think um, you're right. He has... He's done a really good job with, on the surface, it could have been looked at as, hmm, that might end up being a flat character. I'm not mm. sure how that's going to work yeah. out over the long period of time of a very, you know, sort of um, flat intonation on delivery. Those types of things were on the surface, what he was presenting. But when you see it in, in real life, it is, it is a very full 
rich. multi yeah very rich nicely nicely described character that is going through a whole spectrum of of a journey that that's awesome to see so yeah. really happy to have sam well we've got to then obviously talk about his fucking partner in crime so uh blake's character rnr is uh is partners with um blake's character toad um so Blake Francis, he is, uh, I think, Blake C. Francis on Twitter, at Blake C. Francis on Twitter. Um, Blake is one of the best role players on this planet, without a doubt, and not enough people know his name. We met Blake in a D&D game that we were doing with Underground Oracle Publishing, and instantly Tom and I knew that Blake is not here to fuck around. <laughs> and though he does fuck around a bit in the game, he takes it so seriously. He is so like involved as his character. Invested. He knows the plot so well. He knows my world at this point. Like he remembers things that I've forgotten that I told you guys. Um, like he's just so so invested in it. Even to a point where he messaged me. We've missed a couple of sessions due to illness and things like that in the last uh, couple of months. He literally messaged me the other day. Like, can we do a one shot with just me and Toad and you? And <laughs> I'm like, like I love you and. The, the, the better point about that is he's playing an animated toad. So he's playing a worm toad, which is a toad with like little wings that like travels with our group, this small little like hamburger size like toad basically <laughs> that, that travels with our group. And he's R&R's like Watson basically. Toad is R&R's Watson. But Toad again is such a full character. Hmm. He has dreams and passions and, and, and stuff like that. He's maybe got the least demons out of the group is maybe what i would say like he's got the least like demons he's got some demons but he's got the least demons out of the group and blake just plays to that he's like he is the emotional check-in for our party he is the one who supports every person Mm. in making sure that their characters are feeling you know worthy in game not not just out of game but in game as well and i think Blake is the master of the assist, like the master of the assist. Yeah. He sets other people up to have hero moments left, right, and center. So, and, and Toad's awesome. Toad is, you know, this worm Toad that wants to be a jazz singer one day and is like all about being smooth. But, you know, he is very independent, doesn't want like help from nobody. Like he's very much, he's very wary of his surroundings and stuff. I fucking love Toad. Toad is like one of the, again, fucking just core and him and R&R's relationship they have had some of the most beautiful moments in our campaign have been R&R and Toad stepping away from the group and having one-on-one conversations about you know R&R developing socially um Toad not telling R&R a full truth you know and this back and forth between them has been beautiful yeah. like they're like them as cast mates and as characters spectacular like on a whole nother level picturing that one moment where they're both sitting on the edge of an island and the sun is coming down yeah. you kind of I, I picture the camera sort of on on their backs looking at them as they're having a conversation with each other and uh yeah i mean blake is is he's deceptively funny he is able to go to places where uh where a lot of people don't want to go as far as emotions he's super supportive um uh, I love working with Blake. With Blake. He is always a pleasure. To he's, work he's an awesome cast member. Yeah, 100%. Last cast member, uh, but in no way the least, um, is Amber. Uh, Amber uh, Logston, um, known as at the Space Jamber with a J for Jamber. 
um, on Twitter, at the Space Chamber. Um, they are... So we connected with Amber through a podcast again. We did a podcast with them, and we really got along with them. We ended up crying at the end of the podcast, all of us, mm. and that was just beautiful. And we just knew that we were connected with them like straight away. They were the first person we actually, outside of... Sam, I think. No, I, I think Blake was the first. Oh, was I think I, I think Sam was the first that we like pitched it, the idea to, but then Blake was the first one that I officially asked, and then, and then it was Amber. Amber, okay. Um, and... Amber plays Evis Orgenazi, um, who is a uh, air genasi um, coming from like this kind of sheltered um, background that living in like a monastery um, where they're kind of just living this very secular life to do with their own religion and things like that. And it's very, you know, locked into their own little bubble kind of thing. And they're they're out in the world at the moment. They've left this place chasing um, their their poly their poly partners. Um, I guess is <laughs> the best way to put it. They're they're, they're polyamorous partners um, and are out searching for them at the moment because they've gone missing and they've joined the group because of this. And Amber's portrayal of Evis is very very interesting. Um, they they're they're struggling at the moment with. Um, grappling with religion and their belief in a goddess that has abandoned had a, has abandoned her post yeah. as you know the the goddess of life and more changed to the goddess of darkness and so just evis grappling with that grappling with their own issues of of losing their partners and things like that and evis feels very damaged and hurt at this point though they've had a very you know clean upbringing kind mm. of situation um but Evis is kind of like the glue, I would say. Like Evis, though, like Toad is there supporting everyone, and Arnar is, you know, being, you know, the leader, and you know, Blanco is being kind of like the emotional anchor of the group. Geo's being like the, uh, in some ways, the comic relief, but also I would say like the light-hearted part of the group in a lot of ways. Um, Evis just is the glue. Like Evis is the glue. Um, Amber plays it so well in just, you know, gelling with every person making sure that, you know, they're available to everyone, both as a character and as a person. And I know that Amber has gone through a really hard year this year. They've struggled with a few things outside of our campaign. And the fact that they show up and even when they're like sick and they're struggling with, you know, uh, physical ailments that they have, they still show up and and try to record with us and, and, you know, be part of that. And I appreciate that so, so much. And by the way, Amber is also amazing. Like, eh, like I, I'm, I've bigged everyone else up. Amber is insane as Evis. Their, their combat is awesome. Watching Amber, uh, Amber do combat as Evis is one of my absolute favorite things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're badass, and I'm, I'm super thankful that Amber is the glue to our group because it, it feels like at times they're holding the party together in moments, you know, mm. and, and, and keeping and making sure everyone's comfortable, safe feeling, you know, that kind of thing within the group, which is awesome. Go for it. Should we talk about Blanco? Do you want to talk, do you want to talk about Amber? Do you, want, do you want to get in there? Also, I'll say, Amber is one of the best at accessing the sadder emotional end of the spectrum. Like, mm. Amber does really good in emotional moments that require you to tap into emotional memory and pull on things that mm. are, you know, that, that allow you to enter, you know, sad, um, angry, you know, um, uh, frustrated, you know, uh, hysterical states basically that a character could be in um amber is really open to that like really open to diving into that part of the spectrum and it's amazing to see like amber's moments of that are 
really, really good. Really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, my character and Amber are going on a friendship journey together. That's yeah, really cool, really fun. It started early on and it continues on. So really, really have enjoyed just spending that time with Amber in you know in character and, and getting to know her outside of character has been really cool. Yeah, um, cool. Moving on to Tracy Blanco Montagna. Tracy, Tracy, who is uh, so Tracy's not. Not a professional D&D not player. Not a professional D&D player. Not even player. much of a D&D player outside of this, really. Maybe not even much of a D&D enthusiast besides supporting us, really, yeah. as, as a mom and, yeah. a, and, a, and a wife. And um, in, in doing so, she shows up and plays Blanco Montagna, who probably has the deepest uh, emotional backstory. And the way Tracy plays it, uh, there's, it's not just one scene that I can draw on. There's probably... There's probably... 20 at this point lots and lots of scenes where tracy is able to tap into you, you really really being able to feel this this character's um loss and so i think she does a great job with it and she is you know for for an amateur D uh player she is playing at a professional level you know and i think that's the um, the the compliment I could give her, I'm super proud of her. You know, I'm proud of her as as a player, but also as my wife and as your, you know, as your mom. She's, you know, she brings it. And she brings it super hard. And though she, you know, struggles with all like the mechanics of 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 D and D and like her her players' abilities and stuff. Tracy is the most in character out of anyone. Mm. Tracy rarely breaks character. Rarely ever breaks character. And you'll know this because Tracy speaks. With a heavy accent throughout the show, um, she also um, will talk in Spanish a lot throughout the show because her her character is uh, doggish and actually talks a lot of, uh, in in that kind of that that language and um, and it's it's fucking great. Like Tracy's Tracy's character play is some of the best I've ever seen. Like mm. and and she doesn't realize that and she doesn't think it either. Um, and uh, in a minute, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moments during the actual stream itself. Um, and Tracy has two that are like two of my favorite, favorite fucking moments like ever mm. in the stream, um, that, that are, that are absolutely incredible. Um, anything else that you want to do? Do you want to talk about Gio? Do you want to talk about Gio? Well, I'll tell you what, why don't I talk about your DMing and you can talk about Gio. Yeah, that's good. That I'll go Gio first. Okay. Okay. Um, so Gio, um, Tom's character is started off as like this innocent character who he wrote in as like being a bit clumsy and a bit fumbly and whatnot. And through, you know, around episode 10, 11, 12, some big shit happens to Geo. Um, you know, spoiler alert, Geo dies um, and has a crazy experience in his afterlife and, and things like that that shape him a little bit and begin, you know, kind of changing him. Also, the the confidence boosting that the group has been doing to Geo this whole time. I think you have the best character development currently. Like, Geo has developed the most across this campaign. Like, Geo has changed and altered and, you know, become... I think Arnar recently, actually, with the Mirados sequence and whatnot, has mm. really changed. But I think Geo has had the most, like, change. And I think, dude, at this point... For me, like your backstory is one of my favorites to explore. The richness of your family's history, um, the richness of your uncle being missing, um, you wanting to be a water runner. Um, there's just so much there, and I think you tap into that so so much. And I think, you know, obviously another huge spoiler when you get to um, the episode where the party are talking to the Don, which is 
in my opinion, one of my favorite scenes of the entire show. They get to meet um, Don Leone, who is the claw mafia Don um, in the People's Republic, uh, a Rakshasa um, mafia Don. Gio reveals that he's actually royalty, that his character is royalty. He's actually a royal family member of his family, and... That's, it was just such a big moment for you. Like, I know we talked about it, and mm. Tom, you know, presents his character to the players, you know, even from the beginning is, hey, my name's Sergio. And everyone's like, oh, Sergio, that's awesome. Little did they know that it was actually Sir Gio is kind of how we did that. And his brother is Sir Ocko. His dad is King Stan. And, you know, Tom would say, oh, he's Kingston. Um, but, you know, it's King Stan. And so... That was just a huge, uh, a massive, massive moment for for you was revealing that you were royalty and the cast was like, whoa, oh my God, like everyone was shook. Even Tracy was like, <laughs> what the shook nasty is going on? And, uh, and so that was, that was one of my favorite moments, actually. You revealing that and that whole scene with the Don was one of my absolute favorite moments all around. Yeah, it's been, it's been super fun playing Geo. Uh, I'm able to, I think, tap into it just by going into... Um, some of my youth and in uh, that space and some of the confliction in my youth. So that's been just a fun, fun journey that I've been on. Also, we do have a chat going while this stream is up. Just a couple of people in the chat. Blake Francis, our cast member in the chat, saying, the whole cast is beyond awesome. Bodie, you better give yourself some love as an exceptional DM. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that, and then Tom's going to talk about that in a second. Blake also says, Tracy kills it and proves that you don't have to have played for years to be an amazing player slash role player. That is 100% true. Anyone who isn't confident in D&D, look at what Tracy does and know that she is terrible with the rules. Uh, just just terrible. Um, but everything else she does, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. You just wouldn't know. Um, Jonathan saying, you've got to love a good afterlife-changing perspective development. I agree. It's always a fun moment for, for a character. Um, and Blake saying... Uh, Blake saying Geo is low key the leader of the group. <laughs> I would I would also see uh, here. Here's the thing. I know what and based on Geo's afterlife situation, he finds out that he is one of two people that are currently known in existence to be able to channel both the dark side and the light side of the arcane spectrum. So the I know the big things that are yet to come for your character. And yes, Geo is one of the most big pivotal parts of this story. Your character is very, very important to how this plot will go and, 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 and how it will, you know, progress and, and get through. And I'm super excited for that because I, I've you know, I, I've had this I've been talking with Tony for like a year now about the deep, deep stuff that's happening in the background that no one knows about. Not even Tom, who helped me write some of this plot, like originally, knows about. So I'm super excited to get into in, into a lot of that later down the line um, as well. Um, go for it. Talk, talk, talk about me, German. Go for it. So F- fill my boots with compliments. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's take a, let's take a step as Becky goes like this in the background. Um, yeah, the background is that you. You know, kind of reintroduced yourself to D and D a couple years ago, and really connected with the what it takes to be a DM. Mm-hmm. And you said to yourself, "You know what? I really want to do that. Like, that's the thing. That's my thing. That's that's what I want to do. That's what I want to explore with my life. That's where my passion is." And what I would say outside of the Sky Realm, that continues to this day. You are continually just very very enveloped in understanding all the mechanics into becoming a great dm and 
you know, you're a student of the game, so to speak. You know what great DMs are that uh, and how they do things out there. And it's just awesome to have seen your development and seen this. See you later, Ben. See you, Take ben. care. Um, well, uh, are you in tomorrow? Oh, you're working from home tomorrow, aren't you? Cool. Hey, okay. dude, have a, have a great weekend. Have a great Christmas. Yeah, yeah dude, we'll see yeah. you. Uh, we'll catch you on. We'll hey, yeah, tomorrow. Come, come for a fist bump. What are you doing? Uh, yeah. Coming for a fist bump. Boom. See you, homie. Boom. Yeah, Much yeah. love, dude. We'll talk tomorrow. See ya. Um, so, yeah, the, the further thing that I'm really just impressed by is I think it's part of my... Hey, back. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you on, we'll see you on Saturday. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll see you, see you on Saturday. Um, is, is there's, there's a, there's a, there's a journey to becoming excellent at something and then eventually becoming exceptional at it and then becoming a master at it. And you are on that path. Mm. I can see, you, you can say that I want to be on that path, but behaviorally you can do things that indicate that you are on the path. And I see that you're on that path. You, you, you are committed to, um, to the investment of time, the investment of finding ways to develop yourself, not just in aspects of organizing the whole fucking thing, writing the whole fucking thing, but then performing it live in front of everyone and being able to draw on all of that shit in real time add flavor, add comedy, add really, really interesting, deep moments. Like, it's all in there. And I'm just super, super, super proud of you to see if seeing you embrace something that you're passionate about and see you progress forward into becoming what you want to be, which is an exceptional DM. At the moment, I'm unexceptional, but I'm getting there. I'm getting <laughs> to the exceptional part. I'm getting there. As you guys know, my tagline, I always say that I'm the unexceptional DM. It's, it's actually... It's actually a reference for, for anyone who doesn't know. When I say I'm the unexceptional Dungeon Master, that's a, that's a reference to an old YouTuber that I used to watch who was one of my favorites growing up, and he used to call himself the unexceptional gamer, and, uh, and I, I really, really like that. And so it's something true with me, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm using it now. I've stolen it. Fuck you, Woody. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, Jonathan's saying, what edition did you start if you, uh, if you reintroduced it again? Um, I started on 5th edition. I, 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 the first thing I... The first... Uh, I first played 3.5, and then I have since played 5th edition. That's, that's mm. where I'm at at the moment. Um, I want to say as a DM, like, dude, it's been such an honor to DM this group. Like, this group is the best fucking group around. Like, I, I say this so frequently. Like, we have the best cast. Like, fuck Critical Role. Fuck Dimension 20. Like, fuck High Rollers. Like, I love all of those streams, and they're amazing people. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, not fuck you guys if you want to come talk to us. I love you. Please uh, <laughs> don't go, oh my god. Um, no, but, like... Our cast is nuts. Our plot is amazing. Like, our story so far is incredible. Like, I think we have one of the best D&D streams out there, and I'm so proud of the fact that I've been a part of it and that I've got to work with all you guys and see all of you guys do your thing. As a DM, it's it's a dream come true. Like, literal dream come true. That's all I could have ever asked for from Homie and the Dude was this ability to, you know, play this game with you guys and 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 play it at a really high level where people give a shit like don't get me wrong home games are fun but fuckery can ensue and playing it with you know you guys where fuckery does ensue but it's you know <laughs> it's a little bit more serious fuckery i guess is how, how i put it and yeah it's it's been such a pleasure I, I i love being a dm i will forever be a dungeon master now i'm i'm locked into that for life i can it's the drug that will never stop giving um you know what i like about 
your your evolution, your development as well, is how you're tapping into different aspects of stuff that I'm not even sure how aware you were of it. So I talked to you about, I think I wrote it in your birthday card, how your comic timing is coming into play where there will be a really, really intense moment and you'll just drop a little comic stone into the into the pond and just mm. to lighten things up again, but not so much that it breaks the meaning mm. of what happened before it, but playing, just having a play mm. with those emotions uh, is is really, really interesting to see and fun to see, and I can see how you're sharpening that up. You're, you're understanding what's a, an appropriate moment to drop something in, and then you mm. deliver those in a way that it's just, you know, it's high level. It's super high level. I appreciate that. Um, Let's talk about some favorite moments. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to rattle off a few for me. Um, Evis meeting Alia uh, for the first time. Evis meeting um, their dark god um, uh, was a big moment. Great music from Becky Chosen. Like, just a kick-ass moment. Mm. I really love that. That was, that was really fun. Um, and, and Amber did awesome. Like, reacted beautifully to that moment and has since been dealing with that. Um, Shout out to Sam for the mole when Sam decided that he had an alter ego that he hadn't told Toad about that was uh, a pit fighter and like, you know, this <laughs> underground fire. Fucking amazing. And it's completely contrasting, you know, R&R's character, this alter ego that he has. One of my favorite, mo- one of my favorite character moments ever. Full stop. Ever. Yeah. Um, I think your moment when you died with um, with Zach Gladius was just like ethereal. Becky's music choices were perfect. It was just a big, big, big like it landed. Like that moment landed. Like it had weight to it. And uh, mm. I fucking love that one. Um, Ryan's moment when he uh, when he uh, revealed that he was actually a traitor. That was huge. When he turns was, on the group. That was big. That was awesome. Um, I think as well, Tracy's flare trip. So mm. uh, Blanco takes a hallucinogenic drug during a party scene and just this awful moment that they go into of remembering a bit of their history and gaining a little bit more information about the person that they're trying to find. But it just being this awful fucking moment for Blanco in this hallucination and Becky's music choice for that was the best I've ever fucking heard and the sound effects are fucking amazing. And Tracy plays it so good, it was perfect. Like that, that moment again was another like almost perfect character moment. Mm. Like I, I couldn't have written it better myself to go like that way, kind of thing. Um, and and for, for dude, I, I would say like if I'm thinking about Blake, like there's not one moment with Blake I think that like really screams to me because I think Blake is constantly one of my favorite moments. It's almost like, I, I feel like anything Toad does, I'm just loving it. I'm vibing with what Toad does. Like, every fucking step, it's fucking great. I love um, it. Can I just have a favorite Toad moment? Yeah, go on. Toad with the DJ. <laughs> Toad with the DJ, that's it. Oh, that's such a good point. Toad with the DJ and accidentally convincing the DJ to quit his university degree and become a musician. Become a DJ. <laughs> that, that is the funniest shit, dude. That is... The funniest shit. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah. That's the best moment. Yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> also, maybe Toad and R&R's like montage was a really nice one with Toad as well. That was really fun. Um, but yeah, some some really really great moments there. But I think Blake is his consistency is what makes Toad amazing. I think it's just pure consistency. Um, yeah, those are my high moments. Anything for you? Anything that you want to add I've to done. anything that I've just put there? Yeah, I think the Blanco moment is one that that goes really high for me. Like when I picture this in as a movie, 
that picture of Toad and R&R sitting on the edge of the island with the sun setting is, you know, is super, super memorable for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's, you know, there's a bunch of stuff. Like, we're, we're about ready to, to step into a big old hornet's nest, so I'm not even sure how things are going to play out right now. So yeah. I am trying to, trying to enjoy my moments with these characters because I don't know how many of us are going to make it through this. The, so. next, the next little chapter. Yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure either. As a DM, I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm really not sure. Um, next thing we wanted to just talk about um, that's a bit of fun, uh, for those of you that don't know, our group, our party within game have been given some names. We've got some names for our group at this point, which are some fun ones. I think these are some highlights for me that you guys have accrued. Um, very early on, um, Toad, as a, as a musician, as a bard, was offered a chance to perform at a local pub that you guys, uh, you know, you helped this local island, this small island, and was invited to perform. Um, the rest of you got up and performed with Toad um, in that scene. And you ended up, you know, formulating a band name that you guys were going to be called the Green Jalapenos. <laughs> and um, since then, you've had another performance. You have been scouted by a music uh, a talent agent. You know, it's been it's been a wild ride for, for, for the Green Jalapenos. But I love that you guys are a band. I love, <laughs> I love as well that like everyone has, everyone's also thinking about being the band at all times. Like there's moments where like, you're like, oh shit, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, I, I can't forget my triangle because we're going to do this. And like Blanco's like, oh, I really want to do Howling on our next track that we record. And fucking Ulfer's like, oh, I need to make sure I finish the album art that I've got painting, you know, at the moment. And it's, it's, it's just pure banter. Like, I love the Green Jalapeno banter and it's just such a nice twist on this. It also gives you guys such a funny, like, group alter ego as you guys are currently technically part of a terrorist incel um a, a rebel terrorist incel that's fighting the oppressive government i love the fact that your old your group alter ego is a band like yeah. that's fucking hilarious that's, that is awesome do you that know what i mean awesome. like when you look at it like that it's pretty fucking funny um another name that the group also currently have is a uh, nook squad um after meeting aluma carlisle the daughter of malcolm carlisle who is the 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 warden of the people's republic the biggest city in the sky um they went to Uma's Nook and like became friendly with her and ended up, you know, calling themselves Nook Squad, which was a, a hilarious moment as well. And again, just establishing yourselves within the world, I think, a little bit more as well, which was nice. And connecting with an NPC was really, really nice. Um, so yeah, just just wanted to bring those two up because I think those are just great moments and some fun fun for people who didn't know. If you didn't know that our group, our party is called the Green Jalapenos or Nook Squad is is, is another one. Um, they're they're also. The detective agency, if we really wanted to, like, it's, it's Shelby, Shelby Toad, um, Grey Wolf, Grey Wolf Limited, um, <laughs> detective agency was, but that doesn't include the rest of the group. Shelby is like written in, handwritten in underneath the yeah. Toad and Grey Wolf. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. It so that's, good fun. that's all good. Um, cool. That kind of rounds out the Sky Realm segment of this. And we're, we're super chuffed that we're doing it. We will be continuing it into next year. We're actually going to be moving into, a uh, an experimentation with it so next year we'll continue with the storyline and everything but tech wise behind the scenes everything was pre-recorded in the past pre-edited in the past and we're moving to a live stream situation where we're going to uh, have live producing on the show with live music um, everything will be spontaneously done in the moment so all the more exciting I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about that i'm excited about it but i think it's gonna it's gonna it's going to be an interesting journey as well. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm super hyped about that. 
Um, moving on, uh, more tabletop role-playing stuff this year for us, highlights for us this year. Let's talk about these two before we talk about that. Yeah. Um, first one is dice. We have begun making dice. In our spare time. Why we're making <laughs> dice, I don't fucking know. Um, but we make dice. If you're interested, we do have an Etsy page. We also have a, uh, a website if you want to go check out our dice. Excuse me, we have a couple of styles of dice that we put on there. We're actually making a bunch of other styles at the moment. And, uh, and we'll be pushing that a little bit more in the, from like second quarter of next year onwards. We're going to be pushing our dice a little bit more. Um, we're taking it a little bit easier because as we're coming up to our, our Kickstarter that we'll be launching um, in the first quarter of next year, um, we're, we're just wanting to make sure all, all arrows are focused on that. But the dice has been a, a crazy, crazy process. It's a fucking shit show. We have made... <laughs> Probably, there's probably 400 sets of dice that are, that are in that fucking cabinet that are fucking useless. Like, absolutely fucking useless. And, um, you know, that me and, me and Tracy have been experimenting, experimenting, making, and trying to find, like, combinations that work well, that are easy to replicate, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's been a massive learning curve. It's the steepest learning curve, but it's been really fun. Me and T whack on loud music. While we're pouring and, you know, while we're, while we're, you know, painting and sanding and whatnot. And that's been a real good bonding time for me and T, which I've really enjoyed. You know, it's been nice spending time with mum and, you know, getting some time with her and, and just having that time to chat and connect on, you know, an art project. Because, you know, as a kid growing up, me and T used to do all of my art projects together. So yeah. it's nice to be doing that again with, with her as well. Yeah. And, and I think you have now settled on some, some, replicable sets of styles mm. that are really interesting and really cool. And mm. I'm, I'm excited about that. So you guys have done a really good job with that. Appreciate that. And we're still working on it and it's still growing. Mm. Um, the amount of pro <laughs> yeah, the amount of dice prototypes in the graveyard by God. Yeah. <laughs> literally don't do like, there's gotta be, Oh fuck man. We've got to have at least 500, <laughs> at least 500 individual we're, dice in there at the moment it's it's we got a cap ridiculous behind the, the the camera there and uh there's a whole shelf that's full of cups of <laughs> different versions of that this set is perfect except for this little fucking mutant there's right a here. tiny <laughs> bubble in this mutant dice and we oh fuck that well we can't do that yeah but that's how it goes so we'll be we'll be doing that a little bit more um next year um next thing is the ttfc um so we have in the background it's kind of like a background project that we're like taking small chunks out of um every now and then is something we call the tabletop fighting championships it's a tabletop game that it's not a role-playing game it's a tabletop game that we are um in that we've invented that is a mixture of our two loves mma and DD or like tabletop games um and it's an mma strategy dice game basically so you have two fighters um, they have like a selection of moves and, and counters and things that they can do. Um, and you roll dice to see the outcomes of those. You have different abilities that modify those dice rolls and things like that. And um, yeah, we're really, we're really excited about it. We've been working about it, working on it in the background. I wrote the original like rule set and we've been building on it since then. But Tom has now taken on like the main work of that while I'm writing this book for our Kickstarter and um and we're we're hopefully going to build out a vtt for that we're hopefully going to build out you know a full game that you can play and use and hopefully you know maybe by the end of next year i think we'll be looking at maybe releasing that looking at doing like a kickstarter for that maybe at the end of next year dependent on how um our first kickstarter goes and what the rest of the year shapes up to be like but 
we are hoping that that one will be out there for you guys pretty uh, pretty soon. Um, in the meantime, though, we do do how do do what time is it? <laughs> we do do streams of Tom and I playing the game, play testing it, so that you guys can get a bit of an idea of what it's about before um, we release it in a couple of years' time. But yeah, we've been play testing that on a couple of our Monday fun day streams that we've been doing um, here and there as mm. well. Do you want to add a, a bit about that? Is it's more your area? It's no, it's 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 exciting. It's it's something I I think I'm more in touch with as far as like within the team because we're all just scattered out, segmented into our own responsibilities. Um, so yeah, there's some exciting things behind the scenes. We are looking at prototyping the VTT in a really really basic way with a company that may want to partner with us, and the proto they're making a first-run prototype of the VTT so that they can actually play test with us and get a feel for the game. And then from there, the the journey is for us to to decide, okay, well, like, is a VTT the way to go? And if it is, we can picture perhaps having, you know, little mini tournaments on Twitch and things like that. Yeah, well, we will 100% star our own version of the UFC that has rankings and tournaments and things like that and we'll have champions and all of that like we're that's 100% in our minds to do and and we we will be hosting like live tournaments that people can enter and and, you know things like that um so yeah that's that's definitely coming up big one big one last one on ttrpg last one on ttrpg before we move on to next year so last one on ttrpg is uh since may this year we have been working on a Kickstarter that we will be releasing in uh, April, March time of next year. Um, the Kickstarter itself um, it centers around uh, airships and airship combat. Um, it's not just those two things, though. Um, it's a lot, lot more. It's a whole new rule set um, that allows you to... It's, so by a whole new rule set, I mean it's an overlay for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, we will hopefully, if the OSR and the OGL are allowed, we will adapt it to D&D 1 to 1 D&D. But if they're not, then we won't be able to do that. And you'll just have to, you know, utilize the rules that we have there and adapt them to 1 D&D in your own, uh, in your own methods. Um, but we hope to adapt them into 1 D&D for you guys as well. Um, the Kickstarter will have everything from rules of how to navigate the three-dimensional flying space, uh, how to move your ship, how to build a ship, um, how to, you know, kit your players out with feats and abilities, um, downtime activities, air crew rules, you know, a bunch of different things that make this a full and interesting swashbuckling dynamic sky experience yeah. that you can customize and tailor to fit any setting, world, or anything like that. The beautiful thing about this as well is in that customizing it to fit your setting and world. If you do something in space, it applies to space as well. And if you do anything underwater, you can use these same rules for underwater as well. So if you're using like submarines or things like that, um, you could use these rules for that as well. So we are super, super excited about that. And that all actually started because our world is set in a world of floating islands. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) How do you fly an airship in D&D? And there wasn't many rules for that at all. Mm. <laughs> and uh, and continue to be rules. There are rules now, but they're a little bit lackluster. Mm. Uh, not to shit on Hasbro or Wizards of the Coast, but pick it up, guys. Yeah, Fucking, that's why we're here. You know? Yeah, and, and I think we saw an opportunity not just for for flying ships, but also ship encounters, and that's where it all kind of kicked off. And it's really the focus of the the entire team, to some degree or other, is putting time into the airship combat. 
Kickstarter on a daily basis. That is, we're marching towards that in April. We've got a lot, a lot of hopes for the Kickstarter, and uh, and that will hopefully set us up for other similar type ventures going forward in 2023. So super, super happy. There's AMAs about the the airship combat system that we're doing. Our Discord is pretty much populated by people that want to see this airship combat. So if you have any interest in that at all, then newsletter as well. Um, all of those things are really, really sort of um, the key places weighed towards yeah. informing Ooh. you over and over again about the, the airship combat. So if that's, um, if that's something you're interested in, you, you will not struggle to find us populating that on the website, in the Discord, Fuck in this. all of our socials. So keep an eye out. Um, yeah, and also, guys, um, we have just released our very first teaser PDF of content from within the book. Um, if you want access to that PDF to learn a little bit more about the system that we're creating, we have just released our first teaser pages from the book. Um, feel free to look that up. That is in our Discord. It's in the uh, Airship uh, Updates channel, the Airship Combat Updates channel. Um but yeah, um, best way to keep up to date with that Kickstarter and find out when it's coming out and learn more about it, get more teaser PDFs and, and chunks about it, and maybe play test it when, when we get to that point. <coughs> Excuse me. The best ways to do that are by joining our Discord server, which is over 500 people strong at this point. Um, super active, super, super busy, and a great place to socialize with other tabletop role-playing uh, fans. Um, and, and the community, it's safe, it's diverse, um, and it's just a real, real fun space. Um, as well as that, um, the other best place to do it will be our newsletter of holding. Um, we have our newsletter of holding, which we release like uh, either weekly or once every two weeks at this point. We hope to be going weekly in the new year. Um, and we give updates on our airship combat Kickstarter in that, as well as also access to any teasers and stuff like that as well with a host of other stuff in that newsletter. You know, you get updates on, um, all of our behind the scenes content like that I mentioned earlier. You also get entered in dice giveaways when we do our dice giveaways. Um, and furthermore, you also get free D and D supplements. Who doesn't love a good free D and D supplement? Um, this the, the newsletter actually coming out, I believe it's tomorrow um, when from when this is released, uh, Newsletter 10, will have a battle map that I made and used for a campaign that is not involving any of the stuff that we release here at Homey and the Dude. It's one of my personal ones. Um, and it's a, a map of uh, the second floor of a prison. I've already released the first floor. Those of you who were, I think... Um, getting newsletter seven got the first floor of the prison. Uh, now you'll get access to uh, the second floor of my prison that I've uh, that I've been building out. So super excited about that. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. What is coming for you guys? Do you want to talk about streaming first? Yeah. So we are we are pivoting. We are pivoting in a an exciting, a bit scary. Uh, but a dramatic way in that we are committing to streaming a bunch more on Twitch and all of our streaming platforms, YouTube and Facebook as well, um, through a diverse uh, set of different types of TTRPG games. And so um, we, you may see us uh, running sort of a regular D&D 5E setting that might be part of the of, of the Skyrim, it might not be. We might have some other bits and pieces that uh, are set in 5e, but we also have some other TTRPG-style games like Orbital Blues that we're experimenting with and others. The One Ring. The One Ring. Pulp Cthulhu. 
Uh, we're looking at a bunch of others, and we just want to basically pad out, you know, our regular streaming schedule where you guys are getting a bunch of uh, diverse, different content from us that isn't just the Sky Realm. Uh, so, some things that we can guarantee that you will 100% get is you will get an Orbital Blues campaign. Um, that Orbital Blues campaign um, is will be set in, you know, uh, Orbital Blues is a space, a depressed space cowboy TRPG. Um, you know, it's meant to be centered around, you know, dealing with troubles and things that your character has while you navigate this uh, this space frontier as like a space cowboy. Very similar to Cowboy Bebop, uh, if you're interested in that. So we will 100% be playing that. Um, we're also going to be starting a second stream set within the Sky Realm on a different timeline to the current Sky Realm stream that exists. Um, that stream is going to be called The Trials of the Masuko, uh, the Masuko Family. Um, and we're super, super excited about that. It's about three young teenagers going out into a big wide world, finding themselves as well as also their paths in life and living up to responsibilities that they have and, and things like that. And man, we're super excited. Yeah, it's, it's, be... it's our Avatar The Last Airbender, like ode to Avatar The Last Airbender is basically what it is. Super fun. And we're going to be able to introduce another member of our, of our team that are going to be go from behind the scenes to in front of the camera as well. So you'll get introduced to Ben who is pretty fucking spectacular in his sense of humor, in his, he just his mind, the way he thinks about things, the way he problem solves. He's going to be, I think you guys are going to love Ben. And uh, the cast and the story is pretty cool. I'm super excited to step back into my, my, my teenage. Um, that, that mindset will be, will be really, really fun. So. It's interesting. You're playing a character kind of very similar to Gio. You're playing a cleric again. Yeah. That is, you're playing a cleric that is a bit like Shaky, which is interesting. It's, it's kind of similar character, but, uh, but very different, uh, world experiences and stuff they're going to have to deal with. And, uh, man, it's, it, for those of you who have seen our AMAs and know a little bit about Night Deceivers, the giant Leviathan creatures that we have floating around in the sky that you will receive in the airship combat kickstarter as part of our creatures and mounts uh chapter this leviathan sized creature plays a big part in this campaign mm. it's, it plays a massive part in this campaign and we're very excited to to dive into that so that's some things you guys can uh, be looking forward to not to mention i'm sure you'll definitely see blake amber and sam featuring in many of those upcoming streams i'm i'm more than certain mm. uh they'll be recurring recurring members of of some of those streams as well um as of now we are committed to our ufc live streams until yeah. further notice yeah uh, it is a conversation that we have but for now they will be going on we've got ufc 283 in january and yeah. uh and as they go same with cage warriors as of now um we will be at the next Cage Warriors events. We do think about it, and we do question um, our... The time that we have. Our, that's it. The, 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 the one limiting factor is how much time we have, and if we really need to dedicate our time to things like Kickstarters, it becomes a question of, okay, where, where are we getting the best um, utilization of our time versus our resources? So currently we're gonna we're gonna try to juggle all of it um but to be to be assessed as we go yeah so our front row live uh watch watch along parties will still very much be happening and still very much exist um cool moving on uh we've already mentioned the kickstarter um but just reiterating we will be launching a kickstarter in march april time of next year it's going to be centered around fifth edition airships and airship combat 
Um, it will have everything from a host of new creatures and monsters for you to use in your world, a bunch of new feats and abilities. Um, it will have a whole new rule set that you'll be able to apply to 5th edition to allow you to um, create dynamic um, dynamic swashbuckling combat. Um, as well as also you'll find a bunch of NPCs in there that you can use to... Um, fill crews of airships and stuff like that that you build. Um, and finally as well, you'll get a bunch of new spells, magical items, um, all that kind of stuff as well. So it's going to be a real full book with lots of, lots of fun stuff uh, for you guys to take on. And um, we're just super hyped about that. Everyone who has contributed to, you know, giving us ideas, working through stuff, being on those AMAs and asking us questions, getting us to think about this. And anyone who eventually supports the, you know, the Kickstarter and playtests, like we're so thankful that you've been along with us on this journey and have allowed us to do this and, and are working with us and being patient and waiting for all this stuff as we're continually working on it and releasing little bits at a time for you guys. <coughs> so thank you for just being a part of that excuse me anything you want to say about uh I, I, so. are we winding down yeah last couple bits yeah i just want to thank you dude for what making the kickstarter for writing the kickstarter no. for being uh part of the homie and the dude co-team i appreciate that dude thanks for being my fucking teammate father and son fucking it's been a, it's been a blast this year has been i think it's been the hardest year for my for my like mental health in terms of like work and drive and having to like put myself to something but it's also been the funnest year it's been the best year it's been a difficult year it's been a it's been a year where we've we've been tired constantly we've been tired constantly and we've tried to figure out our space where where we can find a way through you know when you start a business like in the social media galaxy it's tough to, to negotiate, to navigate through and figure yeah. out, okay, how can we actually make this a thing? And each month we feel like we're more and more infor informed. And where we are today, we could never, ever, ever have conceived the strategy and the things that we emphasize today um, when we started. It's, it, it's, we've had to go through this journey this of highs and lows and pitfalls and and learning experiences that have been difficult and other learning experiences that have unlocked things for us. It's just been a really, really fulfilling journey that mm. we, it continues to evolve. Um, I guess that's the key, right? It, we, we are looking forward, but we're also right in the midst of the journey, which is what, what it's all about. So I just want to thank you, man. It's been, it's been um, I guess, maybe the most rewarding thing I could have asked for in my latter years to be able to do a big old project with you. And to, to be in the fire with you on a daily basis is pretty fucking cool for a dad. Uh, hey, it's pretty fucking sick for me as well, dude. I fucking, it's just been great being able to grow and develop as a person alongside you and have you there for that process and, you know, be able to bounce off you. And I think we managed the team really well. And yeah, it's just been great. Like, and um, last thing that I guess I'll, I'll say before we do some pluggy bits or Thank you all to anyone who watches this, anyone who watches anything we do, anyone who downloads any of our products, anyone who joins the Discord server, anyone who subscribes to the uh, newsletter, which is completely free, um, and, you know, anyone who retweets, likes, um, anyone who joins me as a guest on any live streams that anyone else's live streams, like anyone who just has been a part of our journey up until this point. Uh, anyone you know, any of the regulars on the UFC stream, um, <laughs> any of the fighters and cage warriors, um, you know, Jack Mason, the promoters, like 
we're so thankful to every single one of you because you know at the end of all of this you know tom and i are doing this off our own backs we aren't making diddly dick money at the moment and we put all of our time into this and uh you know we do this for you guys and we do it for us so we can be passionate about the thing we work on and we do it for you guys so that hopefully you get to know us and be part of an awesome community and a a great you know part of history that you know hopefully you know will exist for a long time and yeah just super chuffed for anyone who's taken part in this journey with us and been a part of that everyone who's been on the podcast you know um just yeah thank you guys thank you for allowing us to do this and allowing us to push through and giving us a reason to wake up day in and day out and continue doing this um you know year in and year out and uh, we really hope you enjoy the Kickstarter. We really hope you enjoy the new streams that will be coming out. We really hope that you've enjoyed Season 2, Homie and the Dude, Father and Son, TTRPG, MMA Team. We hope you guys have a fucking amazing holidays if you are celebrating them. If you're not celebrating them, enjoy the fact that everyone else is and you can enjoy public spaces without being busy. <laughs> um, and enjoy the uh, the... The winter months, we really, really appreciate all you guys. If you do want to support us, everything that we offer is completely free of charge at the moment. So our newsletter is free. Uh, joining our Discord is completely free. Um, you know, f- subscribing to YouTube, um, to following on Twitch, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we want it to be so if you guys are interested, you guys can do so. Any one of those things helps us out massively and allows you to stay up to date with what we're doing and, uh, and keep in the loop with the homie and the dude familia that you guys are. Otherwise, guys, thank you for such a great fucking year. We'll see you in season three of Homie and the Dude. Would have thought it. The biggest season <laughs> yet. The biggest season yet. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. And it is going to be in your fucking faces, guys. <laughs> we cannot wait. Thank you so much to absolutely everyone. Blake, shout out to you. Thanks for sticking around for the whole stream. And everyone else who's been in the chat today, thank you all. And we will catch you guys, Thanks, guys. next year. One sec, one sec. Here, we're going to time this. You're going to press the end stream button as I do this. You ready? You ready? We're going to line this up. You ready? You press the button. Ready? And we'll catch you guys in the next episode.